Welcome, Wildcat fans, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Volleyball Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, the Weber State affiliate, and I'm your host for this one, Colby Peterson. Um, flying solo for this one tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about last week and the disappointing loss to Idaho State, ending a seven-game win streak against the Stripes. So we'll talk about how it happened. Then we'll uh, turn our sights to brighter horizons on the uh, brighter a brighter future at Club Swenson this week. Talking about matches coming up on Thursday and Saturday nights against. Idaho, and then Eastern Washington. But before we get into all that, want to encourage you all, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to find Weber State Weekly if you're listening to this on our website. Uh, also, we'd lo- love it if you rated us on any of those podcast networks or um, platforms. That way we can climb in the rankings and let folks know that, hey, Weber State Weekly is talking about college sports and um, maybe that they, uh, they should rank us a little higher in the algorithm. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all good places to find Weber State Weekly, of course. Uh, chat with us on game day, or if you got an idea and you want to message us, got questions, hey, hit us up. We're always open to answering your DMs. Um, and then finally, we have our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Uh, got quite a few interviews for football on Sunday. One of them has got a really funny story to it. So uh, if you become a patron, I'll be posting that on our Patreon this week. And you can check that out. But want to thank all of our patrons who are supporting us, helping us keep the lights on here at Weber State Weekly. Because if you weren't, uh, it would be tough. So thank you to our patrons uh, if you want to get some of that good recruiting content. And then also, if you're a patron and there's something in particular that you want, hit us up, man. We're open to making your life um, as good as possible on the Weber State Weekly front. So if you got cool ideas on ways that you think other patrons might be happy to engage, hit us up. We love ideas. So one of our favorite things. So now let's turn our attention to the match against Idaho State. Like we said, a um, little bit of a disappointing match this one because the Wildcats lost to the Stripes for the first time since 2019. Uh, it was a seven-match seven win streak against Idaho State. And on paper, like we talked about last week, this one looked like it was going to be an easy match that, you know, they're possibly a sweep that the Wildcats would be in and out of gym fairly quickly. Idaho state had been on a fairly rough slide since the Wildcats saw them in Pocatello last a few weeks ago, uh, dropped a number of matches, uh, had not beaten a team since, uh, yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't won or actually they had won one match since the match against the Wildcats where the Wildcats ended up with the reverse sweep down 2-0, coming back to win three, two and beating Idaho state on their own floor in Pocatello. Not to be for this one. Uh, the Wildcats came out a little, a little bit back and forth, and uh, and they ended up um, ultimately dropping this one three sets to one. But let's get into it a little bit um, about some of the statistics from this and some things that stood out to me as I watched the the match on Friday, of course, uh, but then also doing some analysis later and just kind of thinking about what I saw. After the first set, it was clear to me that service errors were really a big problem. I think that they had, I'll have to go back and check this, but I think they had like five in the first set alone. Um, So very uncharacteristic of the Wildcats and normally not that high of a number. They ended up with 13 in all, which tied a season high in service errors. Um, We, the Wildcats achieved that same, um, notorious feat against Miami, who was a great team, uh, very, but service errors are the kind of thing that, um, you control, 
It's a thing that you're the one that causes the error. It's totally independent of what the other team does. And so the Wildcats were giving away free points on Friday night. 13 free points in total. And I think really critical. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I it felt, felt like key service errors happened at critical junctures that would kill the momentum that the Wildcats were building. And so we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But um, I think five service errors in the first one, 13 in total. Um, just a really rough night from the service line for the Wildcats. And so a thing that is going to have to continue to get cleaned up. Um, we've talked about the fact that there are a lot of young players on this team. And so when you come and play for co- head coach Jeremiah Larson at Weber State, He's going to coach you up and teach you to become a great server. Last season, of course, we talked all about A-State. There's a reason that those seniors were so good from the service line. They had years in Coach Jeremiah Larson's system, had spent a lot of time. Now with these new recruits, not so many years in, in Coach Jeremiah Larson's system. And so still working on getting that that those, those kinds of, um, I guess, skills going and so i think that eventually they'll get there but this one was rough and it opened the door to allow the stripes to kind of hang around at critical junctures and then go on late runs especially in the first and the second sets to take to pull away from the wildcats and take those first two sets and then at that point the wildcats were really in panic mode so first set um obviously frustrating did not go the way the Wildcats had hoped. Um, If you look at, if you didn't watch the match for whatever reason, and you look at the play-by-play going into the first set, I mean, things were very, very close for the Wildcats. There were a couple of really important, big Idaho State runs. But overall, the Wildcats were able to mostly keep pace, uh, had some runs of their own, of course, nothing, nothing terribly long, usually only two points at a time, but that was enough to keep them together and then at 1919 the match flips idaho state goes on a one two three four oh run and a lot of those are on well a pair of those are on attacking errors but then also a pair of those are on kills from jamie street and emery satuala the product out of bountiful high school who had family in attendance uh, if you watch the match or if you were at the, the match on Cl- in club swenson on sat on friday night you probably saw a number of her families there um Makes sense, right? The local kid, uh, she's playing just up the street. The family came and they were loud. Uh, the only thing that I think kind of annoyed me was that they were they were all sitting like right in the chair back. So if you've been to Club Swenson, you know that the chair back's like right in the middle, kind of like what I feel is on the home side. I feel like if you know you're gonna go hang out, go hang out on the other side, it's the away side. But anyway, they were there, they were loud, and uh, I think that for them the, the main thing was they wanted to sit near the bench for the big. Be- of the match, which they did. And then of course, if you know, the bench is the switch after each set. So, um, just, uh, uh, that, that critical juncture there led by those kills and then also attacking errors gave the Bengals a 23, a 23, 19 advantage, which if you watch the match, you know, one of Brandon Garside, one of his favorite numbers, but unfortunately it was not one of our favorite numbers that night because it was a 23-19 in favor of the Stripes. The Wildcats answer. Uh, they're able to get a kill back, but then two more points get rattled off. Bang, bang. And 
the stripes take the first set. Uh, just a stunning loss, losing 25-20 in that first set, kind of set the tone for the rest of the of the match. And I think probably gave Idaho State some confidence, knowing that okay, we can we can win. And I think that that that's the kind of confidence that kind of fueled them throughout because they had really big moments where they they were able to battle back even when they were down a little bit. Um, a thing that I noticed in those first couple of sets is that after after they had built up those runs, they didn't necessarily relinquish them. And so once they had them, they had some confidence to say, yeah, we got, we got this and we can close, which I think is uncharacteristic of them normally. And so maybe this is a, a, an element of rivalry, right? Because we've talked about how Idaho State, they are the rival being geographically the closest in the big sky to Ogden. And there is a long history there between the two teams uh, in football. We've talked a lot about how, you know, <laughs> things have gone relatively well. Um, it, but in volleyball, it's not necessarily the same thing. There was a time in the late 2010s where Idaho state was a very good team and the Wildcats were on their way up to becoming the conference champions that they have become. And so there was a little bit of rivalry beyond becoming that team, but Idaho state was already there at that point. And so I would say the rivalry is a little bit more hot in on the volleyball side than it is in other sports like basketball or, or football, especially. But once the, the stripes took those first two sets, I think it definitely gave them a ton of confidence because if you, if you look or if you want to go back, by the way, if, if you miss this, you can always go back and rewatch these matches on ESPN+. Plus. They're there. You just search Weber State, and you got to go down a little bit because they'll have some future, you know, future events for that school. But go down far enough, you'll see them. They're there, and you can rewatch them, and you can fast forward, all that stuff, and you can rewatch all this. But going into the second set, I mean, it was, it was kind of a similar thing to the first set where... Wildcats say, okay, we're going to come out. Um, things are relatively close. Nobody's really pulling ahead very far. You know, it's one or two runs. You know, you're scoring a couple points there, a couple points there. Wildcats did have a good 3-0 run to get to go up three. Uh, that made it 15-12. And so things looked like maybe that's where the Wildcats would start to pull away. But the Stripes answer, they get two right back. The Wildcats answer with another 3-0 run to go up 18-14. And at that point, and be a little bit of pressure relieved from the Wildcats to say like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can, we can deal with this. We can handle it because now they're going to pull away. They're going to even the set. They're going to get back to business as usual, and they're going to handle business the rest of the way. Not to be Idaho state comes back. They answer with four straight um, points. And some of those are kills on their own side, but um, also they ended up getting a service ace to cap that four Oh run off. And so just, getting right back in the match. And so then it's, it's neck and neck again. But like we said, late runs are really, were really, really a key part of this. And that's what we saw the wild up getting, getting another service ACE going up 21 to 19. And when you start getting into that part of the match, you know, every point is critical because now you're starting to run out of runway. You really need to make sure you keep it safe, uh, keep it close so that you can stay within that one point um margin because of course you have to win by two and wildcats had a little bit of trouble doing that you know they, they were able to get one back but then emery satuala really had a killer instinct in this one um 
the Stripes gave opportunity because they immediately killed their own momentum by offering a service error. So the Wildcats have a, a perfect opportunity to tie the match and maybe make a run and close this one out. But it was not to be. The Stripes go on a another 2-0 run, and then at that point, it's 24-21. Wildcats get one back, but it's too late. Emery Satawala with the final kill, 25-22. And at that point, Wildcats are down two sets to none. The Stripes are riding high at this point because they can smell a victory. They're just a set away. But also remember that this is the exact situation that the Wildcats were in in the previous match up in Pocatello. So not not necessarily foreign territory to this particular squad of Wildcats. There was still an opportunity to come back. They had done it before and they had the home crowd behind them where normally Club Swenson, a very difficult place for Big Sky teams to play and win. But uh, and so the Wildcats, they come back and they say, OK, let's let's get back in this. And and that's exactly what happened. Set three was never really in doubt. And I think that we saw the, the team that we wish we had seen in the first two sets, because immediately the Wildcats just come out in set three and they set the tone early. They go up big and they go on some really big critical runs. They at one point it's 11 four, right? It's one, two, three, oh, run. Now it's 11 four. And then later in the match, there's another big critical run where they go one, two, three, four, five, five points in a row to go up 19, nine. So at that point, it feels like the match is not, or that set is no longer in doubt. The Wildcats are going to win barring some sort of crazy collapse, which did not happen. Wildcats take care of business. And I think that it was at that point that Wildcat fans kind of hoped that, okay, yes, you spotted them two sets once again, but this is the team that we expected to see tonight and they're back. It's going to be fine. So Wildcats end up closing that one out. No problem. They end up winning that one on a 3-0 run, 25-15. It's not close. Lots of kills in that one. Um, the Wildcats end up with a probably their best hit percentage of the night in that set. Um, well, they actually tied the fourth set where they hit 159. But... Um, yeah, it's just uh, it, it was a great a great little run to kind of hopefully right the ship and get things back. But then the fourth set came and there was plenty of drama to be had in the fourth set. Um, some of the notes that I wrote, Wildcats are back to battle in set four and we're up 22 to 21. Right. So and then after a 3-0 run, but another service error allowed the stripes back in it. Oh, so they had they had gotten to that 22 to 21 point on a 3-0 run so momentum late in the match looking like yes they could pull this out and and then tie the match at that point then we're going to five and anything can happen it's brand new it's a brand new volleyball match at that point right but critical service errors once again reared, reared their head a critical service error gave idaho state the ball back to serve which is really weird because idaho state not a particularly great serving team when you look at their service aces they are I mean, okay, they're seventh in the conference out of 10. So not awesome. Maybe, you know, in that middle range of teams, but not, not team, but they had other strengths and they ended up coming back and saying, okay, we can get back in this match. And that's exactly what they do. And obviously that's what happened because we know, like we said, <laughs> I'm dropping this one and, uh, and losing. And so they get back in the match, the Wildcats claw some back. And it goes back and forth a little bit, but then we hit extras 
and the 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 stripes go up 25 to 24 on an attacking error and so then at this point every single point matters right and so there's drama plenty of drama and the wildcats just not able to secure that lead until 29 28 wildcats go up uh, on a bad set from sydney frith who normally the the Bengals offense not terribly prolific and not necessarily a team that you would look at and say, Oh yeah, yeah. That's a team that absolutely rocks assists. You know, looking at, at their statistics, Idaho state is eight out of 10 when it comes to assists per set, an offense that doesn't necessarily run terribly smoothly, but the thing that they have for them is they're a great digging team. And we saw that on, on Friday night, they dug a lot of, of potential kills by the Wildcats out. We're able to get the ball back up into the air and, and sent back over. And that's kind of how things went for them. They're able to go up. Like we said, the Wildcats up at that point. And it's like, okay, 29, 28, they just need one more, but it wasn't to be. And so a couple more points. Now it's, it's 30 to 29 Wildcats tie 30, 30. But then once again, a critical service error well into extra extras in the volleyball sense, uh, a critical service error, giving the stripes a 31 to 30 advantage and then attacking error to close it out, losing 32 to 30. The Wildcats fall three sets to one disappointing loss. Everybody was, I think shocked that they could lose coming into this. Idaho state was a two and seven team in conference play. They had won, they had beaten just two teams and that's Idaho was a not great team, of course. And they had strangely beaten Northern Colorado early in conference play. But aside from that, they had lost every single match. And so stunning for the Wildcats, I think to lose with first place on the line, Northern Colorado was on the West coast doing that West coast trip, Sacramento state and Portland state on Saturday night. Northern Colorado would hand Portland State a loss, which would then drop them down. There was an opportunity to tie for first place in the conference with this one. But with the Wildcats dropping the set to the stripes, now they're going to sit back a little bit with three losses instead of just two in the conference. And so not a terrible place to be in with this many fresh women playing on the team, but also had, I think, a, a W that people had probably penciled in. Uh, just a couple of difficult matches remained on the Wildcats schedule. And I don't think that this was one. And so mental lapses by the Wildcats cost them this one. They lose three, one, the streak is ended at seven matches and they lose. And um, just a tough, tough loss to deal with in front of the home crowd. And so not what folks wanted on Friday, fairly disappointing run. I think the takeaway from this though, is looking at, Looking at the way things go, if you were say say you didn't watch the match, you didn't watch it, you just solely looked at the box score. Looking at the statistics, you'd say, "Oh, this wasn't a this wasn't a three one." You you would probably look at this and go, "Oh, this is probably a, a match that goes to five because things are fairly even." But the difference was the Wildcat offense. There were times where the Wildcat offense was very stagnant; they were not able to string together points in the way that we've seen previous matches and that cost them so they could not create separation. And I think it was that inability to create separation against a bad team like Idaho state that gave them the confidence that yes, the Bengals could play with the Wildcats on this particular night and stun them in their, on their own floor. And that's what happened. This was a winnable match 
I mean, this was, like I said, a match that probably most people in the conference, if not everyone in the conference, had this one probably as a scheduled W for the Wildcats. But the problem was that the Wildcats played behind a fair bit. And because of that, the confidence that, that Idaho State had thinking, yes, we can. Going into this, Idaho State had the worst team hitting percentage in the conference. But the Wildcats allowed that offense to look like they were absolute dynamite in a number of those sets. The, the only set where they really had an impact was the third where the Wildcats just absolutely dominated 25-15. The Bengals hit a negative percentage, 0 0.057 in that, in that percentage, but or in that set. But outside from that, the hitting percentage were fairly equal, except for that first set where Idaho State absolutely dominated, hitting 219 to the Wildcats, 0 0.088. And so just not setting the tone early, I think, cost them this match and a painful, painful lesson that the Wildcats learned. Um, we said that there would be growing pains throughout the season. We thought that perhaps we would be through that at this point, but still some work to be done with this group of fresh women still learning, still trying to get that that team cohesion together and try and run the offense effectively. There were a number of free balls where things just didn't work out the way I think that coach the coaching staff had intended so you're just sending the ball back over the net just to get it and that gives idaho state an opportunity then to run what they want when that's not normally what happens to them so the wildcats fall um and they end up losing a really winnable match and that was the only match of course like we talked about last week and so kind of had to sit with that loss for a while uh now waiting for Thursday's match, which we'll uh, turn our attention to now. So we'll look forward to this week's matches against Idaho on Thursday night and Eastern Washington on Saturday night. Now, we've already seen these two teams um, on the road trip up to the Palouse. You, know, you go up to Idaho and you also, or you go to Eastern Washington first, then you come down, you go over to Idaho, and then that's the road trip, usually similar to the Montana trip. Um, now, travel partners, Idaho and Eastern Washington will come down to Ogden to face the Wildcats at Club Swenson. And looking at some of the things that have happened since the Wildcats have gone on that trip up to Northern Idaho and West Eastern Washington. Um, it's, I think that this week is a really good week for that offense. Like we talked about to bounce back, things did not go super well against the stripes on Friday night, of course, but this is the perfect week to bounce back because Idaho and Eastern Washington are last and second to last in opponent hit percentage in the conference. That means they allow a, the, the highest hit percentages out of anybody in the conference. Teams seem to play good offense against Idaho and Eastern Washington. The frontline defense has been absolutely terrible. So that gives an opportunity, I think, for this group to continue to work on their placement. Um, I noticed that there were a number of balls that got sent in the Idaho State match that just got dug out. You know, they just the Wildcats did not find the floor in the way that they had hoped. And so you're seeing a ton of attempts, but they're just not capitalizing on those attempts. They're not finding the floor, so they're not turning into kills. This is an opportunity to right the ship on that and hopefully begin to work on finding that, find and surveying and getting back to winning ways. Um. Because next week, 
is the final big road trip for the Wildcats this season. They'll go up to Northern Arizona to face the Lumberjacks there. And if you followed volleyball, what big, especially Weber State volleyball for a while, you know that, yes, Northern Arizona is not a great team this season, but I mean, 6,300 feet is really high in elevation and the ball flies weird up there. So anything can happen in there, Jim. We hope that the Wildcats don't drop that one, but it is an interesting trip because they'll have to fly to Phoenix, then drive two hours north to go up to Flagstaff, then have to come back, go back to the airport in Phoenix, then fly up to Northern Colorado. They'll be facing Northern Colorado uh, that, that Saturday, and that will be the final really big test, I think, for this Wildcat team because after that, um, the Montanas will come to, to Ogden and both of those teams not playing particularly great volleyball right now. And so really that Northern Colorado game is circled. Obviously we all know what happened in the big sky championship last season on the Wildcats floor, um, losing in five painful when the Wildcats probably should have been out of there with a sweep. We've talked about that. It's ancient history, of course, but something to keep in mind for the folks that were on this team last season, um, even though there are a number of new faces. So other things to consider with this matchup this week with Idaho and Eastern Washington, Looking at the Vandals specifically, there's a key strength for the Wildcats that makes a very key weakness for the Vandals, service aces. Now, of course, we haven't seen the service, the ace state that we saw last season. We've talked about how it's new new, new faces working through Coach Jeremiah Larson's system, getting used to serving the Weber State way and making that a strength. It's still a strength as strength as it has been in the past because of the experience that the team had. But still, Idaho is the worst in the conference at defending against service aces. They are terrible at it. So this match could be really, really good practice for dominating from the service line and gaining that confidence going into next week's matches. So hopefully it's an opportunity for Wildcats to work on that skill in real game situations, work on their placement to, and also just... I guess perfecting that as much as you can in a real game situation. Um, another thing to point out with the Vandals is that their, their offense struggles. They are dead last in the conference and kills per set. It's not a thing that they do well. So we've talked about how Weaver's defense um, is pretty good on the show a fair number of times, but performance obviously last week could give us pause because we talked about how Idaho state was a terrible hitting team going into the match on Friday. And they looked absolutely incredible against the wildcat defense for some reason, you know, you can decide why we've talked about a number of those already in the previous segment, but the wildcats need to make sure that they do not allow Idaho to get some confidence early and start to find the floor. Because I think that they do, we could have a repeat of what we saw against the Bengals on Friday night. Not what you want. So now we want to turn, uh, well, last point here uh, before we turn our attention to Eastern Washington. And this applies to both Eastern Washington and Idaho both. They are second to last and dead last in the conference in digs. So not only are they bad at holding opponents at the net, they're also bad at digging out those balls once they come their way onto that side of the floor. Once again, a good opportunity to find placement, to work on that skill, to polish it up a little bit, increase some of those hit percentages, gain some confidence because neither of these teams digs terribly well. Digging was absolutely the thing that saved Idaho State's life on Friday night. They dug some absolutely crazy balls that 
under normal circumstances would have found the floor, but in this case, not. And so an opportunity to right the ship against Idaho and Eastern Washington, find the floor, work on that skill, gain some confidence. Now, finally, we're going to talk a little bit about Eastern Washington. So a thing to watch with them is that they're second in the conference in opponent blocks. So they do a fairly good job of hitting around the defense. Um, we talked about the struggles that the Wildcats had. I mean, they allowed an absolutely insane number of kills. Um, 13 and 13 in the first two sets for Idaho State. Um, obviously, that, that third set, Wildcats dominated, so they only allowed seven. And then 21 kills of the 30 points, or 32 points that the Wildcats allowed in the fourth set, uh, 21 of those came on a kill. And so just allowing Idaho State to get that um, really a, a, a tough night for the block. They're going to have to bounce back because even though they don't necessarily, they're, go, they're going to have to find ways around this Eastern Washington front, which I think is actually a good challenge because you have a team with very particular weaknesses that line up fairly well with Wildcat strengths, but also you have this good opportunity to challenge yourself and, and try and find ways to hit around their block, which I think could yield benefits as the rest of the conference schedule plays itself out over the next couple of weeks. You know, there are three weeks left basically in the conference schedule at this point. And a challenge like Eastern Washington were third in the conference at in opponent hit percentage or opponent blocks. Sorry. Um, they just, they, they find a way to hit the ball around your block. And so I think it's, it's a good opportunity to work on that. The Wildcats are already number one in the conference of blocks. So it's, it's good to get back to that. We've talked about how that's a key piece of the offense, finding the floor, sending the ball back immediately, but also an opportunity for the Wildcats to get that going for themselves because Eastern Washington, not terribly good at holding opponents to that. I mean, looking at this, Eastern, really, really good, like I said, at hitting around their block, around other teams' blocks. And so we're going to need to to work on that because it's, it is one thing that they do well. Another thing that they do particularly well is they, they serve fairly well, surprisingly. And one name to watch out for on Saturday night is junior outside hitter Sage Brewstead. Um, she's a really good server. Um, going going to the numbers, uh, I have to go back and check this. She's definitely top 10 in the conference in service aces. She is currently um, number three in the conference in aces per set at 0.41. Uh, she's got 37 service aces this uh, season. That is tied for the most in the conference with Parker Webb, who we've already seen twice this season. Parker Webb, a very talented server. Um, so a name to watch out for, Sage Brewstead. But also on top of that, something to watch out for is that the Eagles in general are are fifth in, or are third in the conference in service aces as a team. Um, part of that I'm sure is Sage Brewstead is a good server, but in addition just for context, the Wildcats right now are sitting at number five in the conference in service aces. And so we have the folks on our team who are, of course, talented, but nobody is in. Well, one name from the Wildcats is in the top 10 right now. Danny Richens at number 10. When you look at um, as far as this season, Danny with 25 
but um, not the prolific serving team that we'd seen in the past. And we've already talked about that. That's something that will work itself out as these students spend more time working with the coaching staff. So that is sort of a preview of Idaho and Eastern Washington this week. Um, Key points for the Vandals, service aces, punish them from the service line. Make sure that you are punishing them in the front of the net. And then also finding spots on the floor because neither of these teams digs particularly well for Eastern Washington. They're second in the conference and opponent blocks. They have a way of hitting around you. So the block will need to bounce back from um, a rough performance against Idaho state and get back to blocking ways. Of course, Wildcats still number one in the conference and blocks um, a couple of points on that actually um, from the game notes that the university sends out Wildcats right now are uh, they lead the big sky, like we said, but they're also 19th in the nation in blocks, 2.62 per set. And so as a part of that, they're also, um, they lead the big sky in a opponent hit percentage, holding opponents to the lowest hit percentage. They're also tied for 23rd in the nation there, uh, holding opponents to 165. Obviously, we talked about what happened last week, uncharacteristic of the Wildcats, but they will need to right the ship and get back to winning ways. Um, if they want to finish out the next three weeks. Um, another thing to note against these two is that the Wildcats are currently on a nine match win streak against Eastern. Eastern has not been great. Uh, they've got a first year head coach. They're still trying to work out the bugs. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, obviously we've talked about the deficiencies of Eastern Washington. Uh, they handled them fairly easily last uh, went on the trip up to Eastern Washington, Cheney, and then, of course, later on in the Palouse. I mean, that was, I don't think, once again, that was a match that no one expected the Wildcats to lose on the road. Um, A sweep in their gym. I was honestly surprised that the Wildcats dropped a set to Idaho in their gym on October 8th. It is what it is. Um, But the Wildcats are on a three-match win streak against Idaho. So, um, even though the Wildcats have had some some struggles they have they have won seven of their last nine matches that means they've only lost to portland state like we talked about when they came to ogden just a couple of weeks ago and beat the wildcats and now idaho state which was an uncharacteristic loss still a great season so far for a young team um and speaking of that young team real rickert right now leading the big sky conference and hit percentage at 373 um that middle percent that middle position is critical to what the Wildcats do and Brielle Rickert, who was a high school, all American really having a lot of opportunity to play there and, um, and making the most of it. So we'll see if they can write the ship and make the offense run a little bit smoother from the front, but shout out to Brielle Rickert for leading the conference right now. So let's take a look then at the upcoming schedule for the Wildcats. Like we said this week, Thursday, November 3rd, Wildcats will be taking on the Idaho Vandals at Club Swenson, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. Of course, if you don't want to, you can always hit us up. We've got a pair of tickets we are always glad to share with you. If you've never been to Club Swenson, you want to get in on the uh, on the action. Been a pretty good student section lately. Uh, the, the destruction has been doing a great job, and so it just kind of livens up the atmosphere. So if you want to go and be a part of that, uh, but you don't want to pay $7 or whatever is at the door. That's a problem for you. Just hit us up. We're glad to share our season tickets with you. Then Saturday, November 5th, like we said, Eastern Washington coming to Club Swenson, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Buy tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. Um, it'll be a, a little bit of a busy day on campus because obviously big football game against Sacramento State. 
um, the number two team in the conference coming to Stewart Stadium. Um, I'll have to check. I think that one is at one o'clock. Uh, so they should give you plenty of time to then kind of get get situated, head back to Club Swenson for a match against Eastern Washington, which most folks expect the Wildcats to win. Um, yep, 1 p.m. I was right. 1 p.m. for that match. So watch for that. Should be a fairly good one. Then, like we said, the final road trip of the of this conference slate for the Wildcats, Thursday, November 10th, taking the trip up to Northern Arizona, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for that. You'll catch it on ESPN+. And then the final really big test for Weber State and a chance to get a look at one of the best teams in the conference, the current reigning conference champions, Northern Colorado, Saturday, November 12th. At Northern Colorado, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Um, then the final week of the season, Thursday, November 17th, Montana State comes to Club Swenson, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, tickets or ESPN+. Plus. And the final match of the regular season, Saturday, November 19th, versus the Grizz at Club Swenson, um, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, tickets or ESPN+. Plus. So that's the show, folks. Uh, just talk a little bit about volleyball on this one. Um, email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, of course. We've got our Patreon. If you have ideas there, please feel free to email me on if you're a patron or you have ideas on how to make that um, more beneficial to our patrons because we love them. They're the best. And we really appreciate the work and the willingness to put forward some money to support us. If you have ideas, send them to me. Of course, there's the Weber State blog. Go to weberstateweekly.com. Not a lot of volleyball content on there because... Um, a lot of time dedicated to other shows. But um, of course, if you have an idea or if you simply want to write for the blog, feel free to email us. We're always glad to take um, take willing folks to talk a little bit about what's going on in volleyball or if there are other sports or even if you want to write about football or basketball's upcoming very soon, hit us up. Always glad to have guest writers or somebody who wants to do something. Appreciate having you folks on. So that is it for our volleyball show this week. Um, I'll wrap it up like I always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.